Hi, and welcome to the Reconnect Factor, the podcast of the Power Play Reconnect experience. This is the place where you can rest your mind, play a little, and reconnect to your unique, authentic, and creative self. I'm your host, Ruth Haskins. I'm happy you can be with me today. And of course, we have to start off in the place we always start by me asking you what's going well for you today. And I want you to take a moment to think before you answer. Why? Because there is always something good. Something is going well for you today. But sometimes, you know, you may have to focus to be able to find it. And today, I want you to do something special. I want you to write that one good thing, that one thing that is going well for you today. Either write it on a piece of paper or, if possible, record it on your phone. So, let's begin. Today's topic, the invisible blanket. As we have been moving up the ladder of vibrational responses, we've covered shame, guilt, apathy, grief, and anger. And as usual, sometimes we have to go back down the ladder to be able to understand where these lower emotional vibrations are active in our life. So here we go. We're going to take that piece of paper or use your phone to record. And we're going to back down the ladder slowly, so be sure of your footing. Just one rung down, that's all. I want to share something with you that came to my attention this week. There were three people, different people, who had a similar experience and shared it with me. They went something like this. Oh my goodness, I wanted something so very, very much. I gave all of my energy toward my goal. I intentioned it and my passion was just over over the top. And I achieved it. And I thought I should be doing cartwheels down the street and shouting to the skies about my success. However, within 24 hours, I was completely depressed. I couldn't figure out what was happening. It was as if the success changed from joy, maybe even bliss, to a really deep feeling of emptiness, a gray space. And there was grief and there was also fear. Took me a minute to figure that out. Now this is three different people, three different people for some reason, decide to share this with me this week. And I decided to take a look at it. Uh, We all may have had moments like this. Some of us have had them in our youth when we achieved something that was wonderful. Maybe it was an award. Maybe we became valedictorian of our class, whatever. And then so often we have had the same experience this extreme high that falls into this extreme low. And it doesn't make sense to us and probably doesn't make sense to the people around us. And this is something that happens to adults as well, no matter how old you are. So, I looked for an answer. Uh, And I'm sure there 
is a perfect definition somewhere among the psychological annals somewhere. However, I did find C.S. Lewis's book. It's called A Grief Observed. A Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis. And for me, it provided an understanding of this really strange turn of emotions. And so I want to share with you the quote that made sense to me. Here it goes. Quote, No one ever told me that grief felt so like fear. I'm not afraid, but the sensation is like being afraid. The same fluttering in the stomach, the same restlessness, the yawning. I keep on swallowing. The quote continues, At other times, it feels like being mildly drunk or concussed. There is a sort of invisible blanket between the world and me. I find it hard to take in what anyone says, or perhaps hard to want to take it in. It is so uninteresting. Yet, I want the others to be about me. I dread the moments when the house is empty. If only they would talk to one another and not to me. Again, that's C.S. Lewis from the book of Grief Observed, which he wrote actually after the death of his wife. So I had to read this a few times to let it sink in. You know, there was that first moment I said, ooh, yes, this is it. But going through it almost line by line, there were some things that I pulled out that made sense. The line, grief feels like fear. I had to ask myself, how is that possible? How is that possible? Grief is grief. No. When we lose something or someone, It's as if we fear what that loss means to us and how it will affect us. We may have to look beyond the mourning and face that we fear what the loss will cause. Maybe it will be a lifestyle change, family attachments. Sometimes people move apart after a death. Uh, The place where we live might change because of financial changes or economic changes. Or even the people we have known all our lives may begin to shift and change and move. Because we're shifting and changing and moving. And that leaves us in a really murky place, is what I want to say. And so we end up kind of like whistling in the dark and telling ourselves that we aren't afraid when we are. Things are changing. And that can be frightening. When we lose a job or a business, we expect to feel grief. But do we also recognize that at the same time, we are experiencing fear? When we lose a relationship, we may recognize the grief But do we also look beyond the grief to see that we fear, perhaps, 
not ever again having a meaningful and enduring relationship. Now, you know, these are all normal reactions to grief. It's part of the human experience. But sometimes we don't pay attention to what is really happening to us. And that's what this grief that feels like fear is all about. We're not really paying attention. We're so wrapped up in our grief that we're not looking beyond it. And so once we have this wonderful experience, perhaps, you know, getting out of the death situation, but going into something else that was really monumental in our lives. And then like two or three days later or the next 24 hours, we're feeling like we have hit the ground face down and we can't get up. So this is when grief overwhelms us after a major success in our lives. We may not be aware of that fear that has also shown up. C.S. Lewis describes this as feeling mildly drunk or being concussed, actually having something happen to your head. Um, so both experiences, experiences, being mildly drunk or concussed, can leave us with sort of a gray feeling in the brain and in our emotions. That feeling, that grayness, that feeling of being concussed, of being mildly drunk, not being able to really make sense of what's going on with us, Lewis describes as being a invisible blanket that separates us from the world around us. And while we're enveloped in this invisible blanket, it's difficult to hear what people are saying to us. And at the same time, it's protection because sometimes we don't want to hear what people are saying. We don't want to hear the praises and accolades which seems strange, but it is the way we feel. It's all of a sudden, this wonderful thing happened. Okay, now what? It's all too much to hear. So finally, as he says, we can't wait for the house to be empty. In other words, we need to shut down. So let's take hold of perhaps a practical example of joy followed by grief, hiding fear. Let's preface this next part by the well-known maxim, be careful what you pray for. So here's the scene. You have a huge project of monumental difficulty and importance at work. Everyone is saying it can't be done, but you you do it. People are praising you, jumping up and down. You feel like doing cartwheels down the street. And hours later, that invisible blanket descends and surrounds you. It's a really odd feeling. But if it's happening to you or if you've had it happen to you, don't doubt that it's real. So often in this society, we're told to ignore how we feel. It's a very real thing. I've experienced it. And sometimes our successes reveal what it is that we want, why we fueled our efforts with so much passion and intention. However, hey, be careful what you pray for. That revelation may leave us emotionally floored. 
Lewis expresses this as everything becoming suddenly so uninteresting. It's like after all the effort, all the energy, maybe the prayers that you put into something and it finally manifests. And for a moment, you're ecstatic. And then you go to this really strange place. There's this invisible blanket between you and the world. You can't hear anything that people are saying to you. You don't want to hear anything that people are saying to you. And in this gray place, everything is suddenly uninteresting. Everything, everything is suddenly uninteresting. So this is what is so strange and what was the unifying factor for everyone that I spoke to this week about having this experience. It's this disinterest that can make it hard to get out of bed. Literally, success left people flat on their backs in bed, not able to move. Perhaps that monumental project that you worked out so powerfully and successfully brought greater responsibility. And I know for a couple of these people, it did. It brought great responsibility. They hadn't seen that. So even though they had done what they wanted to do, they were suddenly confronted with another reality. You know, this is the moment after that great accomplishment when grief shows up for two reasons. First, the thing is done. It's over, complete, and it's finished. There's nothing more to do to accomplishing that particular objective. And second, the big question is, what's next? Or can I do it again? Or can I handle the responsibility that this success that I prayed for, poured my effort, intention, and passion into, can I ever do it again? There is a moment of grief. When the success we seek is realized, we have that moment of intense joy and bliss. No doubt about it. Then we feel that invisible blanket that dulls our hearing. We can't hear what is being said. We don't want to hear what's being said because we are grieving, really, for a moment that can never be experienced again. And beneath the grief, we fear there will never be such a moment again. So now, if you have that piece of paper or your phone to record with, if you're able to, Take a few minutes to look into your life to recognize if you have ever experienced the strange reaction of a success that has changed from joy to grief, feeling like fear. Then there's one more thing I want you to do. Find a way to reconnect to it. Use some form of creativity. You can go paint a rock doesn't make any difference. You can go cook. Whatever it is that you can give into 
to make yourself feel alive again. Make yourself know that you're connected. You're not going to live in this gray space for very long. It may take you a while, a few days to come out of it, maybe a week, depending how intense it was. It may take you a couple of months to come out of it. But any creative activity will help you begin to bridge that gap, to let go of that blanket, that invisible blanket that seems to have you not even cocooned. Cocooned would be safety. This is just like a veil that's become between not only you and the world, but you and yourself. And you need to reconnect to yourself. So my suggestion is always make it simple. Like I said, baking. If you're a carpenter and you like to do woodworking, go build something. It doesn't have to be perfect. Write badly, paint badly, sing badly, or maybe you'll create something wonderful. But the object is to see what you can learn and reconnect to yourself. More than just a thought, this is the Reconnect Factor, the podcast of the Power Play Reconnect Experience. If you're experiencing a period of grief, you can find C.S. Lewis's book, A Grief Observed, on Amazon.com. And another great resource is on grief and grieving, finding the meaning of grief through the five stages of loss by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. That is a classic. So the exercises included today are ones that are used in the Reconnect Factor Creativity Workshops of the Power Play Reconnect Experience. To learn more, contact rchvw.co at gmail.com. Until next time, take time to rest, take time to play, and take time to reconnect to your unique, authentic, and creative self. Thank you for listening.